0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crypto Sense Podcast. This is your boy Carlton CO2 Owens. We're back with another show. I am extremely excited, y'all. I mean, man, oh man, it's been a while since I've had Graham back on the show, but he's back, y'all. So we're going to have fun today. We're going to talk about some new projects and things he has going on. But before we dive into today's show, let's first give it up to our sponsors. First, we have Crypto Elite. Crypto Leap is the A to Z resource when it comes to cryptocurrency trading. You get a chance to tie in directly with Lewis, who is a guru when it comes to teaching people from beginners all the way to being experts where they can create six potentially six-figure incomes being able to trade cryptocurrency. Go over to his website, CryptoLite.com. Use the coupon code CryptoSense and get 10% off. Off, actually 15% off on your course. Also, if you join his VIP group, you'll get 50% off on your first month, okay? We also have BitZoom Trader. BitZoom Trader is for folks who are a little bit more busy, don't wanna learn cryptocurrency trading, but understand the importance of cryptocurrency trading. So they use artificial intelligence to do so. Go to BitZoom Trader, set up the account. It's only five bucks to start. And literally you just, Connect your Coinbase Pro account or whatever account you have, and artificial intelligence starts to help you make those trades for you if you're busy and you're on the go and you don't know exactly what to do with cryptocurrency trading yourself. So make sure you go over and do that. Also, we have um, Psalms Brittle. Psalmsbrittle.com is the best brittle candy you're ever going to eat. If you're like myself that loves brittle, man, oh, man. And I know a are thinking, too, about brittle, too, being from... Canada, if you love brittle, this version of brittle is amazing because it's light, airy, and crispy, and it doesn't stick to your teeth. Let me repeat it. It does not stick to your teeth. So make sure you go over to PsalmsBrittle.com. Use the coupon code CryptoSense. Psalms is spelled P-S-A-L-N-S, brittle, B-R-I-T-T-L-E.com. And use CryptoSense10. You're going to get 10% off on your first online purchase last but not least y'all is also us we have to sponsor our own show as well cryptosense.com is a sponsor and we have an ebook that shows you actually how to trade and invest in cryptocurrency tax-free go over to our website to learn more information so that is it all right we paid some bills now we're gonna get to the show Graham is here what's up Graham? how much carlton how are you Oh man, I'm doing good. It's so good to see you. It's been a while. Uh, last time I had you on the show, actually two days, last time I had you on the show, um, you know, we were give some updates on Polymath, um, you know, also B is for Bitcoin. Um, but, but just bring me up to speed on these new things that are going on, particularly when it comes to Polymesh. I know some new project that you all have been doing.
1: For sure. So initially at Polymath, we were squarely focused on how can we enable actual financial securities to exist on blockchains. You know, when technology first came out in terms of blockchains, it was create a token, anyone, anywhere, anytime can send anything, any amount to anyone, anywhere. You know, that doesn't really work for financial securities where there's a a ton of regulations, you know, maybe accredited investors are the only ones who are allowed to participate in a certain offering, maybe only investors from a certain jurisdiction. And so we were saying, okay, well, how can we enable those rules to actually live on chain so that we can have tokens represent ownership shares in, in stock, um, in bonds, uh, in revenue share agreements, in uh, equity that represents a commercial real estate building. And so what we had to build was all of that technical infrastructure. And when we started, we built it on top of Ethereum. That's where all the developers were. That's where all the tokens were getting created. It made the most sense. Um, But as we started building more and more technology on top of Ethereum, and especially as we started talking to more and more regulated financial institutions, we started hearing the same problems they had over and over again with Ethereum, specifically as it relates to regulated financial assets. And we kept hearing about governance issues, identity issues, uh, compliance issues, confidentiality, and settlement problems that they were having. And so we kept hearing these and we said, okay, we have a choice to make. We can either continue to build on Ethereum, hoping that this thing works out, or we can build our own blockchain with one use case in mind, which is regulated assets. And we went with option two. We said, you know what? It's been great to have this kind of proof of concept on Ethereum at this point, but let's get serious. Let's build our own blockchain specifically for these regulated financial institutions to trade and create these regulated assets.
0: Wow, that is phenomenal. And I would imagine that making that pivot you know, because when you think of Ethereum, you think of, you know, all the uh, history there, you know, both, both positive and negative. It was, it was probably a little bit of, a, of a, uh, a hard shift or a hard pivot to go ahead and just say, you know, we're going to do it ourselves and just go ahead and just go hard on that. I mean, just just talk to me about that, that, that process. I mean, was it, was it challenging, you know, to make that decision, you know, to move?
1: It was for sure. Um, But really, ultimately, what it came down to was, was what do the users want? Um, And what are we able to build? And just the roadblocks that we had with Ethereum, you know, the code base is constantly changing. Uh, Ethereum has the sort of Silicon Valley mentality of move fast and break things. Um, That doesn't really work when you're talking to the largest banks in the entire world. You know, they want to have stable infrastructure, they want to be sure that they can use things, they have to put things in front of regulators every single day. Um, And so Yeah, it it was tough to make the decision. And there was a lot of thinking that went into it. And our developer team, you know, researched for weeks. Um, We even brought on Charles Hoskinson, uh, the the co-founder of Cardano, or maybe he's the founder of Cardano. I can't remember. Um, We actually brought him on as an advisor to the project to to figure out, you know, what architecture should we go with, should we decide to build our own blockchain? And so he actually helped us out um, in terms of figuring out that we wanted to use the substrate framework uh, to build our own blockchain instead of kind of building a blockchain all from scratch. Um, But yeah, a ton of work went into it. Um, a lot of, you know, kind of sleepless nights, uh, especially for the developers and the engineers and all the researchers uh, and for Charles potentially uh, figuring out if we build a blockchain, how should we build it and what direction should we go? And so that was uh, that was back in 2019. Um, and I can't believe that's three years ago now at this point. Um, but so three years ago, we, we decided to build our own blockchain. And then last year, uh, so this was a few months ago, um, October of uh, 2021 is when we went live uh, with the mainnet launch.
0: That is phenomenal. Now, you know, the interesting thing is that the solution that you all were able to build, I think is probably probably a breath of fresh air, particularly on the banking side, because, you know, more and more as I see the, the blockchains developing and just the whole adoption of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, I often was asking myself, how do the banks... Have an opportunity to really play ball and to be able to get more involved and to feel comfortable with this new technology and you know how things will be able to progress in the future it sounds like what you all have been able to do is to really create a safe space for you know regulated assets to really thrive and for you know the customers to be able to flow in and out of your of your platform when that's what we hope so
1: yeah, that's what we hope so, is that they, they feel much more comfortable and much more confident engaging in the technology when they have uh, these more specific guardrails in place. And so, a, cu- a couple of those guardrails one on Polymesh, every single user must pass a KYC process. And it's a pretty basic KYC process, you know, same as kind of opening a bank account or opening up an account on a crypto exchange, something like that, you know, show your passport, your driver's license, prove that you live in a certain jurisdiction. Um, that alone gives banks a ton of comfort. And then, on top of that, I think what really matters to the banks is that on Polymesh, all of the node operators—so it's a proof-of-stake blockchain—so all the validating nodes that are, you know, cre- uh, creating blocks, publishing blocks, and earning rewards—they are all regulated financial entities. So that's that's vastly different from every single other blockchain that exists. You know, yeah. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tezos, Polkadot—take your pick. And so one of the thing, one of the questions that um, kept coming up, and and one of the roadblocks for, for banks was, okay, well, let's say I make a trade. I um, let's say, you know, let's, I'll just pick two examples out of a hat. Let's say JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs are going to make a hundred million dollar trade of a structured note. Okay. Then they pay $10 in gas fees to a miner on Ethereum. Where does that gas fee go? Well, to someone somewhere. What if that miner operating that node that produces that block is in North Korea? Now, JP Morgan just sent $10 to North Korea. You can't do that. Okay. And so the fact that there's no concept of KYC whatsoever on all these other blockchains was a huge sticking point for a lot of them. And just, you know, they just really couldn't play ball. They couldn't wrap their heads around um, their, their, you know, thousand person compliance team just could not give the, the the green stamp saying, yes, this is good to go. And we can use this. Um, another one that's really interesting um, that, that we think we've we've solved for pretty well on uh, Polymesh with with our settlement end is Ensuring that settlement can only occur when both parties affirm settlement instructions. And so to give an example of that, I'm not sure if you saw when Visa uh, purchased a CryptoPunk. Did you see that?
0: No, I didn't see that. Didn't
1: okay, see that. so 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 Visa bought a CryptoPunk, uh, I think this was a few months ago, and they said to the world, hey, everyone, look how cool we are, we're Visa, we have CryptoPunk. Then I sent them some Poly tokens. Then a bunch of people sent them some NFTs with penises on them. You know, and so and then a bunch of people sent them some other tokens. Now, Visa has those assets on their balance sheet. They don't want those assets on their balance sheet. They don't want the the five poly tokens or whatever I sent them. They don't want the explicit photos of NFTs that are on their balance sheet. They don't want all the other assets. And so it's a fundamental problem with the architecture of Ethereum and these other public general purpose blockchains, where if I want to send you something, you have to receive it. Whereas on Polymesh, what we've done, because it's specifically for regulated assets and for these financial institutions to feel comfortable, both sender must affirm settlement instructions and receiver must affirm settlement instructions. And only at that point can a trade of assets take place. And so, you know, very funny example, I guess, but that was one thing we kept hearing was, you know, settlement doesn't work this way um, in the traditional financial ecosystem where just I can send anything to your account. Um, but it has to when we're talking about things like stocks,
0: bonds, revenue share agreements, etc. Absolutely, man, that is that is that's phenomenal. I mean, it it just seems like um, you all are just covering all the different problems, but you also sound like you're, you're solving problems that haven't even how can I say it? They're they're definitely problems, but the problems that people are not really thinking about, you know, and so. Uh, do you think in the future, this, this, this type of structure, this type of system that you all created is something that can maybe be adopted even on, more so on the consumer side of things?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's where we're seeing a lot of interest in people who are going to be the ultimate investors in a lot of these assets. Um, so initially, you know, we think it does make sense where it's kind of bank to bank uh, interacting. Um, but ultimately, we've, we've built an infrastructure where anybody can onboard, you know, provided they meet the basic KYC requirements. And so I believe wholeheartedly that every single financial asset on Earth will be on a blockchain at some point in time. You know, I can't predict whether that's five years, 10 years, 50 years, but it will happen. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that at this point, the writing's on the wall. It is the infrastructure of choice for money at this point. Um, and then it's going to be the infrastructure of choice for financial assets. And we're seeing that, we're seeing more uh, interested parties want to onboard, whether that's banks, whether that's broker dealers, whether that's custodians, uh, KYC providers, and then ultimately retail users as well. Um, so a uh, number of people have onboarded. I think we're around 2000 users at this point, um, who've onboarded and, and now they're they're staking uh, poly extern rewards and help provide security to the chain. So absolutely, that's, that's the direction
0: that things need to be going to. Absolutely. Well, definitely, thank you. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to educate us and put us on with what you all are doing over at Polymesh. Um, how, how can they find more information about, you know, your next plays and the things that you're doing uh, in in the future? I think we broke up a little bit, but hopefully you, you got that question.
1: Yeah, yeah, all good. Um, uh, yeah, so best place to go uh, first would be probably polymesh.network. Uh, so polymes network. Uh, And then our Twitter account is definitely the most active in terms of social
0: media for us. So we're at Polymesh network on Twitter. All right. Fantastic. Well, there it is. Y'all Graham is back in the building. We're going to get him back for for another show. I promise you we're not going to wait two years to do it. He's been busy, busy, but we're going to get him back on the show. Uh, So give us some more updates, you know, tell us some more record breaking and just history making that they're doing over there at Polymesh. And uh, that is it for today's show. If you want to stay in tune with the podcast and what we're doing, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook as well. And until next time, holla back.